What's up, everybody, and welcome to the podcast, Dog Mom Mentality, where we strive to play with dogs and not emotions. I am your virtual bestie, Caroline, and I have my furry friend here, Layla, and we are going to give you a break from your day to talk about all things dogs and emotional well-being. If you have ever been emotionally affected by your dog, then this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Dog Mom Mentality Podcast. I am super excited to finally get this episode out to you because it is the start of a series that I'm doing. So the next three to four, maybe five episodes are going to be on different lifestyles that people have with their dog based on location. So this first one is all about living in the city with a dog. Then we'll have one about living living near the mountains with a dog. We'll have one living in a van with a dog, um, the suburbs, and then hopefully like what life is like in another country with a dog. So really just kind of comparing all of these different lifestyles and seeing what works for them, you know, what they think of it, the, you know, pros and the cons, the challenges and the, the uh, great things that come with living in that certain location um, or that kind of lifestyle with your dog. So I am really excited to get into this series. It's been so fun to talk to everyone and really see like what their perspective is and see, you know, what what their lifestyle is like and you know just pick up pick up on little things that I had no idea about. So I'm really excited to get all of these out to you. And the first one is with Nicole and her dog who live in Queens of New York City. So Nicole is a designer and illustrator living in New York. She currently lives in Astoria, Queens with her husband Nick, dog Sin, and then Rabbits, Pickle, and Elliot, plus 20 plus other pets. (laughs) Sin is a four-year-old village dog rescue from uh, Baku, Azerbaijan. Um, hopefully I pronounced that correct, Um, who found her way to New York City in 2019 and has been a New York City dog ever since. Sin and Nicole like to spend their time trick training, playing in local parks, and escaping to explore outside of the city when they get the chance. So we talk all about what their day-to-day life is. We talk about the pros and cons of living in a city, some things that people might not think about uh, if, if they plan on moving to a city, and some of her recommendations for uh, what to have when living in a city with a dog. So super excited to get all of these episodes out to you and I hope you enjoy. Let's get into this episode with Nicole. Hello listeners, Caroline here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to tell you about a special new offer I am putting out into the world and I am only broadcasting this to my podcast listeners for the time being at least. I am now opening up time slots for connection sessions. 
These will be one-on-one -on -one meetings where I am here to hold space for you as a fellow dog owner. I am here to support you, to listen, to share from my lived experiences. We can talk about mindset, mental health, a challenging moment with your dog, how to handle it, advice, Whatever you want to share or ask for advice about during that time is up to you, but I am really here to be a mirror and hold space for you as a fellow dog owner and as a person also working on their mental health. I am only telling my podcast listeners about this free connection session offer at this time because I'll only be taking three or four in the month of May. You can find the link to book a connection session in the show notes and description of this podcast episode, and I am so extremely excited to talk to you. Hello, and welcome, Nicole, to the podcast. Our first guest in the what I'm going to call location series or lifestyle series. I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to call it yet. I, in my notes, I've been calling it location series, but we're going to talk to different dog owners in different parts of the world that are living different lifestyles. And Nicole is the first to talk about what it's like living in the city with a dog. So you're from New York City. Um, so Nicole, welcome to the podcast. If you could just tell us a little bit about you and Sin and where exactly you live. Yeah, so um, I'm Nicole. Um, I live in Queens, which is in New York City, um, and I'm with my dog, Sen. Um, before that, I grew up in Jersey, like just outside of the city. Um, but my grandparents lived in this, lived actually where I'm living right now. So I've pretty much been in and out of New York City my whole life. And then for the past eight years, I've been living in the city, first for school, then for um, adulthood, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've had Sen for about three years. She's four years old. Um, and the whole time that I've had her, I've lived in Astoria, Queens, which um, Queens kind of has a bit of a spectrum from like all the way like fully urban to a little bit more suburban. Astoria is um, probably like if a 10 is like Manhattan, then it's like an eight, I guess, a seven sometimes. Okay. So like my block and I say this just because like I know a lot of people who aren't familiar with New York City are like oh, you're in Queens, yeah. it's like Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we need this context. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I live in a building that has five other apartments, and um, almost every apart almost every building on the block that I'm in has, like, six apartments. Um, the other side of the block has, like, bigger buildings. But there are, like, one-family homes not that far from where I live, and there are, like, two-family homes not that far from where I live. But those are, like, in the minority in this neighborhood. Right. Um, okay. Like I could walk to go get groceries or walk to the bodega or walk to like um, most things. Um, and I can take the subway as well to get to most things. Mm -hmm. Do you have a car? I forget. I do actually. Um, it's kind of a pain in the ass, but I do have one. Um, it's like, I don't use it every day. Um, but when I leave the city, I'm 
I don't know how I would do it without one, honestly, because um, I have family yeah. in Jersey and I have family in Connecticut and um, both of them by car are my my family are like 40 minutes away. And Nick's family, my husband's family are like um, two and a half hours away, maybe three if we hit traffic. Mm-hmm. So okay. I don't I honestly could not tell you how we would do that without a car. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. You would have to have them come get you and then drive you back yeah. to their place. I, so that would I just did that be while I was in. Yeah, I did that while I was in college. Like I didn't actually get the car until we were like moving to Astoria. But um, I don't think I would have one if I lived in Manhattan or not without like a hassle. Um, mm-hmm. where I am, I can usually park like a block away from my apartment. Um, sometimes two blocks if I'm unlucky or three, if I'm really unlucky. Um, but it's usually on the block. Okay. Yeah. That's good context. So like you're definitely in the city, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. completely different lifestyle from what I live, from what people I'm sure a lot of people live actually like even though there's so many people that are in the city with dogs it's hard for me to think about how your lifestyle truly is just because I've never experienced it oh and for context I do have a backyard it is very small it's like like half of a porch almost and it's all concrete and then half of it is taken up with like a table and like a grill so it's like I have a little bit of outdoor space. Like, if Sen has to potty in the yard, she can. Um, is it yard, though, or is it just concrete? Oh, it's concrete. It used to be a vegetable <laughs> garden. No, like, okay. so if I, say, if I say yard, I feel like it has context of, like, people are like, oh, wow, you have a fenced yard. And I'm like, I do yeah. not. <laughs> I have, yeah, it's and, concrete. Yeah, <laughs> I have an alleyway and, like, a little bit of concrete. Um, it, it did used to be a vegetable garden when we moved in, but it was so bucky that it was unusable. So they ended up, like, mm-hmm. covering it with concrete um, pretty much, like, six months after we got Sen. So she has seen the dirt in the yard, but, like, we almost never used it because it was, like, yeah. disgusting and full of mosquitoes. Yeah. Okay, random question since we talked about concrete. But whenever you got Sen, I know she's a village dog, and I kind of want to, like – have you give context on that as well but did she know to use the bathroom on the concrete or like was that something that you had to teach her so she could care less however okay I used to be a dog walker and I would say maybe half the dogs that I walked would not be on concrete um okay. so I pretty much always like included like at least the corner edge of a park in my route mm-hmm. so that if they really didn't want to go on concrete, I could, like, take them to the grass. But, like, she doesn't care. Like, she would probably prefer to go on grass. But, like, if we take her out to the backyard, she's, like, as soon as we're on our way back inside, she's, like, immediately peeing. Like. Oh, okay. One of her, like, things that, <laughs> one of her, like, quirks, I guess, is when I recall her, she pees, like, half the time. Oh, my gosh. It's, <laughs> it's like, so embarrassing. It's, like, it's only if she's off leash because she yeah. knows she might get leashed. And if she wants to pee, she'd rather do it like far away from me. So if mm-hmm. she's like sniffing something and I'm like, Sen, come here. She will pee, look at me and then recall. Oh my gosh. That's so it's funny. That is every- such a quirk. <laughs> it's not every time. It's not like I have taught her to pee on command. It's like yeah. <laughs> if she has to pee and I recall her, she will do it before she comes back. Oh, that's, that's good. That's, that's a really, really good quirk. And then 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if you could just, like, explain Sims Breed a little bit, because... Yeah. Well, one, I, like, literally cannot pronounce the... Baku yeah, no as or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I cannot pronounce that. <laughs> so, uh, San is a village dog from Baku, yeah. Azerbaijan. Um, yes, Baku thank you. Is a, a, Baku is a city. Azerbaijan is the country where she's from. Um, okay. So she, so basically, like, she's a street dog through and through. She was born on the street. Um, she was found, like, super sick with mange and pneumonia along with her litter. And they probably weren't going to make it, so she was pulled by a rescue. Um, in that rescue, she lived in a foster home for, like, her entire puppyhood. They found her when she was, like, maybe eight weeks around there. Um, she spent her entire puppyhood up until eight months in a foster home in Baku, Azerbaijan. And then um, she came over to New York City along with her the rescue coordinator and like two other dogs that were in her litter at the same time. Um, they actually came like a few weeks before her. So she had just flown in. We met her at a Brooklyn rescue where she had pretty much like just been dropped off. Um, for context, like people do like keep pets in Azerbaijan. It is like, a, like the dogs are like, it's not that people don't have dogs. It's more just mm-hmm. kind of a cultural thing with like, like you might not pick up like a, uh, I know people keep feral cats, but, like, you might not take a rat off the sidewalk and assume that it's mm. clean and want to mm-hmm. take it in your house. Like, you might have, like, a bread rat that, like, I know there are people who, like, keep, like, bread pet rats, but you probably wouldn't, like, go into the New York City subway and, like, take a rat into your home. Right. And that isn't to say that, like, she's a rat. Or, like, rats are smart, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just, like, kind of a cultural thing. Um, And they are they are, like, working to change the stigma, like, her rescue coordinators are amazing and they do a lot of work with like, I believe they've been on the news a few times and they have a ton of local volunteers and like, they're always struggling for donations. So like they are definitely like in need of more help. If you want to like look more into her rescue, it's called Baku street dog rescue. Um, but at the time she was brought over in like 2019 with like two other dogs they're a very like relatively small scale rescue as compared to like some of the other international breed rescues, but I really do like stand behind her specific rescue because I love the work that they do with like outreach and um Baku is just like really not a good place for dogs to live. They still like do do calls every time there's an event in the city, and they're just kind of like don't Google street dogs in Baku Azerbaijan you will see like really graphic photos if you click google images like don't just just take my word for it um I like do that to myself once a month by accident um you're just like I want to reminisce I want to see what sin looked like as a puppy and then you're like like, crap (laughs) crap and I'm like (laughs) yeah Yeah. fuck or like (laughs) I did that that like Instagram trend recently where it was like oh your dog's ancestors versus your dog and I was like mm, oh yeah. let me just let me just find some pictures of street dogs so first I searched like street dog and I'm like well, like she does look like uh, most street dogs but I want like that I want authenticity like I'm making it real I want it to be authentic so I google like street dogs in Baku Azerbaijan and it's like and I'm like oh that was like a I, and I just immediately see pictures of, like, things that I do not want to see of, like, unalived yeah. dogs. And I'm like, okay, well, that one was my fault, I guess. Like, <laughs> We'll um, try to remember but, next time. <laughs> yeah, but for context, like, she's from, she is from, like, 
she is through and through a street dog. We embarked mm-hmm. her. She's like a hundred percent, uh, like village dog. Yeah. They said like West Asian village dog. Um, and what that means is basically that like she could have br- breeds in her, but they are back far enough that her breed is village dog. So if you mm-hmm. take a cat off the street and someone were to ask you like what breed is that cat, you probably would just say like it's a cat, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the best explanation I can give in like a short spiel of like she's a dog (laughs) she's like an out she's an outside dog and she's not really a mix of breeds yeah I know that you say she has like a lot of quirks just because she's a street dog and one of the funniest things is you had posted like a video or a reel and it was of dogs waiting in line to get water and I was like, oh, Layla would, like, never do this. Like, she would literally just try to get to the front and drink the water. Like, she would she would not care that there were ten other dogs waiting in line. And you were like, oh, I've seen Sen do this before. <laughs> and I just was like, wait, what? I can't believe that. So, yeah, I know you say she has, like, a lot of really fun quirks. Yeah, she's definitely weird. Um, I would say, like, I have met street dogs. Uh, especially Korean dogs, but some Bucky dogs as well, that are, like, insanely fearful. She's not quite there. She's, like, a little nervous, a little weird, but she's, like, generally having a good time, and she's, like, a really happy dog. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like she's really well-behaved until she's weird. Yeah. That's kind of how I would say. Yeah, whenever we met, like, I thought she was just such a such a good dog. Um whenever we met when was that I guess like last summer uh last year in May okay so May. almost like a year ago which is wild yeah. to think about but okay to get into today's topic more on like city dog life compared to other things uh, I first want to start off by just asking what does a typical day look like um you don't have to go into super big specifics but you know uh I know there's like off-leash hours at certain parks and then like I guess yeah what what does a typical day look like um so like a good day like I have the mental capacity to give her like a good day and like I'm putting time Mm -hmm. into her um I make the separation just because I'm like yeah there's like definitely not every day is the same but um right yeah I would say maybe like an ideal day is what I meant to say yeah. Like an ideal day is like I get up in the morning, um, I roll out of bed and let her out of the crate. Um, I make coffee and then once I'm caffeinated, we're off to the park. Um, I'm about like a five minute walk from uh Astoria Park, which is like a pretty large park in Astoria. It's like under two bridges. Um, it has like at least like two big open fields and then there's like a bunch of trees and there's a track. Um it's not as big as Central Park, it's but it is a pretty big park. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll walk there. Um, before 9 a.m., dogs are allowed to be off-leash in a lot of New York City parks. I believe the distinction is that if there's not a fenced dog run, they're allowed to be off-leash before 9 a.m. or after 9 p.m. Um, there are, like, certain rules, like, in specific parks. Like, I know Central Park has a lot of zones where, like, you, you cannot be off-leash there at any time. Um, or there's 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 some like dog free zones or dog leash on leash only zones. Usually, if there's like wildlife, or if it's more like a recreation area and less like a dog free for all. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I do find that, like, different parks kind of have different vibes. Like, I think, like, some, like, there's, like, a main field at Astoria Park that's really definitely a dog park. And there's some more empty zones. So once we're there, um, when she was younger, we used to, like, be more, like, dog parky. So that was kind of mm-hmm. where we would hang. But now I generally will kind of walk a loop around the park while she's off leash. Um, she will pretty much, like, follow me, run away, run back, be a dog. Um, we might play a little bit of fetch, and then we mostly head home after that. Um, I work from home, so I currently am home, like, all day. Um, I might take her on a walk for lunch. Um, we might grab coffee at, like, a coffee shop or a bodega together. Um, a lot of, like, shops in my neighborhood are all dog-friendly. Um, like, Oh, even like shops that might not usually be dog friendly. It's kind of like you ask the security guard or you ask people at the, you ask an employee and if they say yes, we're just kind of like, okay. Um, so like even at a bodega, she's allowed inside? Bodegas are kind of hit or miss. Um, a bodega okay. is like generally, cause it's just like whoever owns it. The one that's mm-hmm. on our block, they do not care. They adore her. Um, the guy at, one of the main guys who works actually got yelled at by his boss because he was giving specifically send free turkey and I was like sorry (laughs) (laughs) I was like I didn't ask for this I swear it was just like he was being nice and I didn't want to say no um but generally my neighborhood's like pretty dog friendly so if we're in the bodega like it's pretty small but I'll stop in and grab coffee or a snack or something maybe midday um once I'm done working um I like to try to get out with her again like right after work even if it's just like to get to drink, like, tea in the yard or something. If the weather is nice, I like to, like, remind myself that I can go outside at the end of the workday. Right. Now that it's, like, a little bit more springy, especially. Um, and that'll just look like me sitting in the yard with her before a walk or after a walk. Um, if I try to get a training session in, um, it's, like, a little bit tricky to find places that are empty to train in sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. I know... There was a while where we had, like, a group chat where we'd be like, oh, this basketball court is empty. Let's go train there right now. Um, And, like, as the weather gets nicer, there's, like, less and less empty space. Like, Mm -hmm. in the dead of winter, there's much less people who are going to, like, use the, like, volleyball court or the badminton court that's near my house. But when it's nice out, everyone's using it. So I can't get there anymore. Um. And then, like, so you're really kind yeah. of like relying on park space all yeah, the time for for training, for off leash, for yeah, like play. If you go on my account and you see a video of me and Son and we're training somewhere, we're either in my backyard, which is really small, and you'll feel like we have like no space. We might be like mm-hmm. healing back and forth or doing like precision stuff, or we're in a park somewhere. And if we're in a park, I'm kind of like. I'm very lucky that I am next to a whole bunch of basketball courts and like um, there's like a even like a badminton court and there's like tennis courts. Um, So if I'm walking by and I'm doing her like nightly walk and I see that there is an empty court, I will probably go in Um, and like just let her run around and train with her. Usually I have Mm -hmm. her drag the leash because it's like not a dog park and I don't want to like I don't know. I, if someone comes, I leave. Usually I'm just like, right. I don't want to bother. I don't want to bother you. Like whatever you can use it for people's stuff. We have like a dog park nearby that's in like a similarly sized, like 
square of concrete with some concrete hills next to a basketball court. And the basketball court that's right next to the dog park is actually one of my like favorite places to train when it's empty because mm-hmm. you have dogs on the other side of the fence and Sen can like see them and know that they're not going to come over because there's a fence there, but we can still like play and enjoy the space. Right. Right. That makes sense. What is like the difference between dog parks and off-leash hours and like I know this sounds like a dumb question but you were kind of saying like there are actual dog parks and then there's yeah so like like, I'm sure that like parks have like a specific definition for one versus the mm -hmm. other but essentially like if something is a dog park it's fully fenced it usually has like the double gate and it is like a dog park it'll have a sign that's like whatever this is a dog park managed by parks or like there's actually a mm-hmm. private dog park near me as well that's, like, I guess just managed by some guy. Um, I'm sure he's great. I don't – I just don't know anything about him. Yeah. Um, but, like, the idea being, like, this is a park. It is for dogs. It is maintained by whatever community organization. Um, off-leash hours are a normally, like, human park that before a certain time, a dog is allowed legally to be off-leash. So mm-hmm. – I will say that, like, the main field of Astoria Park before 9 a.m. is basically a dog park because, right. like, the vibes are very similar where there might be dogs that are, like, not really under control or, like, you're supposed to be under control of your dog, but, like, a lot of people are not versus, mm-hmm. like, and that kind of has a lot to do with just, like, neighborhood culture. Like, I've... Like, I think I've been to off-leash hours at Central Park, like, exactly one time. So maybe I'm not the right source. But, like, that was very dog parky. Like, we were constantly getting approached by other dogs. And, like, basically mm-hmm. was just a huge dog park versus, like, Astoria Park. The main field is kind of like that. But if you're on one of the side fields, honestly, like, we might have, like, a dog run up to us while we're there. And Sen is just like, why are you here? And then they run away. Yeah. Right. I feel like, you know, Sin Sin might be okay with that, but there's definitely dogs that like yeah. that would not fly. And yeah. I feel like that would be a, a really big like disadvantage because exactly. that's kind of like your only source. Yeah, and I will say that like not during off leash hours, like nine AM to nine PM, mm-hmm. that is a lot less likely to happen. Um I have mm-hmm. seen people like I or I know people who walk their dogs on leash will just like maybe go through the edge of the park or something or like it's not necessarily the whole park but it is definitely like a consideration to make like um so Sen is like she's not dog aggressive and she's not mm-hmm. dog friendly she will play with some dogs great but she has like kind of like her village dog quirks like she has really big boundaries and she's really specific ways that she likes to play and if a dog is like being too pushy or something she'll kind of like stiffen up and look at them like I don't really want to do this right now and Mm -hmm. if they continue to like push her and push her and push her when she's stiff she'll eventually correct and a lot of owners really don't really don't like that so we just avoid people we don't know basically yeah did you have to like like were you good at setting boundaries for your dog like person (laughs) (laughs) or like is that something that you had to like learn and learn freaking fast I feel like it kind of puts you in the position where you have to do that yeah I was a dog walker before I had sense but when I say I didn't know shit I did not know shit like 
-hmm. I thought I knew everything. And I think a lot of people have that experience of like, you Google everything and you think you're ready for this dog. And you're like, yeah, I walk dogs literally all day. I am around dogs all day. I'm handling dogs all day. I'm putting harnesses on dogs that want to bite me. Like I know what I'm doing. I have rabbits. I've taught them tricks. I know what I'm doing. I've watched every YouTube video I could possibly find. Uh, And then I get her and I'm like, oh, she's great with other dogs. That's awesome. And then she starts biting them. And I'm like, I don't know. What did I do? What? Where did I go wrong? Like, how did I fuck this dog up? Yeah. Especially because, like, <laughs> um, when I met her, the shelter coordinator had literally just met her. So he was, like, mm-hmm. trying to tell me, like, he didn't know anything about her. So he was right. like, oh, she'll probably be great with other dogs and horrible with people. And I was like, I don't have friends. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> So then, I was like, great. That's, that's really funny. <laughs> um, but, like, once she started overcorrecting other dogs, which at the time, like, I did not have the frame of reference to understand it. So I thought, mm-hmm. like, my dog's aggressive. I'm not allowed to ever, like, she can't see another dog ever. And this is all my fault. Like, I fucked her up. Um, I didn't know, like what to do I hadn't this is before we like contacted a trainer so I was just like we had this one like honestly traumatic experience where like I was playing with her and I knew that like if she gets a stick and another dog tries to steal it at the park um I need to like get her out of there so that was my idea I was like I need to get her out of there if that happens so she was like standing next to me and I guess there was like a stick on the ground that I didn't see And this little, like, white dog runs up to me, and Sen just nailed that dog. And I was like, oh, my God, what do I do? And the dog was fine. Everyone was fine at the end. Yeah. But I did not feel like I was fine. Right. So she bit her own tongue. And In this process? Yes. She bit, she did. Oh my she, gosh. Like, she's never latched on to another dog. She pretty much just pins, but like it's very mm-hmm. dramatic and it's scary for everyone because she's like screaming. Right. Um, so she bit her own tongue and there was blood everywhere. So I was like so distraught, like, oh my god, my dog just killed this dog, and all it did was like right. sprint up to us while we were like standing there, and I do not know what to do. And I was literally like in tears, like to the other like girl with her dog and I was like please check your dog entirely over if there is a scratch like we can walk to the vet right now (laughs) like yeah I was literally like so upset because I couldn't like understand why my dog who loved playing with other dogs did this and I just like literally did not know what to do right you like didn't understand that resource guarding was like a thing yeah and like she's not she doesn't resource guard with people like if she has yeah. something and you, like, look at her funny, she'll drop it and walk away. Like, oh, she, okay. she's very non-confrontational with people. She doesn't, like, if you so much as, like, touch a toy that she's holding, she'll drop it. Like, playing tug mm-hmm. was, like, a le- really big learning process for her. Oh, I'm sure. But, like, I did not know what to do. And then, like, with setting boundaries, like, you do kind of have to have, like, this, like, bitch mindset when you're in the city sometimes. Like, people are super nice or, like, they're super kind, but they're not nice. I can't remember exactly the way to say that but like yeah um like an example is like if someone is doing something and you know your dog is like not that's just not gonna fly like you have to 
be able to say that. And that was like a really big learning experience for me to like be able to be like, hey, I know you're just playing fetch with your dog, but can you stop giving that ball to my dog literally every time I look away? Because I, it make, I will leave the park like right now. Right. I, like, tell me if you're not going to tell that boundary and I will like turn my ass around and leave because like either I can be here or I can't. Yeah. And I kind of had to just like understand that like, well, the, the thing about New York City, which is like kind of a bonus that maybe you don't have, I can curse someone out on the street and I will never fucking see them again. Oh, like, yeah. I, I feel can... like if I, because there's only so many parks here, there's like, I think five really yeah. like nicer parks. And so it's kind of like, if you like the people that go to one, it's like, that's the one that they always go to, right? So yeah. I, I yeah. will probably see people again. I definitely see the same faces at off leash hours, maybe like the same five people I'll walk past in the morning with my dog. Yeah. But, and like in my neighborhood, it's not quite that dramatic, but like I've had some like weird subway experiences that like I have never seen those people again. I've like cried in public mm-hmm. on the subway. I've done like all of the New Yorker bingo card of like cool places <laughs> to cry in in Manhattan. Um, I think Charlotte and I recently had it or like we had a joke recently about like what were the best what's the best subway seat to sit in for like a public cry (laughs) (laughs) that's funny um but like not not that I'm like crying all the time in public it's just like one of those things that's like a joke for New York City but like if I have to like be rude to someone I've gotten to the point where I'm just like I'm in New York City like that's I uh, apparently that's just who I am like I don't mind being a bitch basically like I don't I don't care if other people who know nothing about me don't like me yeah yeah Um, I feel like that really does come with living in a more dense populated fast-paced area yeah but if you are someone who lives in New York City and is thinking about getting a dog my biggest like thing that I did not expect is how many people come up to me to talk to me about my dog who previously, like, would never, ever talk to me. Like, because, like, I guess I've kind of, like, I've been, like, proud of this resting bitch face that I've conjured over the past, like, four years of living in the city. By the time I got her, I'm like, nobody talks to me. Maybe I get catcalled, but, like, I'll fucking fight someone. I don't care. Um, I'm, like, five feet tall. I don't know why I'm talking like this. Um, (laughs) I, like... But what I mean is, like, I was very used to, like, my persona in public of, like, Mm -hmm. um, I had, like, bright green hair for a long time, so, like, people would say things about my hair, but, like, it wasn't, like, they would try to start a conversation with me, and if they did, I can, like, disengage, hop off the subway car and go to a different one. Like, I was really good at disengaging. But with her, I can't do that, and it's so hard. Like, if I am on the subway with her, like... I no joke like every time I'm on the subway with her someone will comment like oh my god I love your dog oh my god is that your dog oh my god let's talk about rescue right now oh do you want to hear the like traumatic dog story and I'm like no I really like just want to get to where I'm going like (laughs) oh my gosh like she doesn't really want to be pet by you like we're just trying to exist like yeah here where we are um how does like public transportation work with a dog is she allowed on all subways is she allowed on trains so it depends on the like 
the thing that you're on, basically. So mm-hmm. for the subway, the MTA, I do not remember the MTA's exact rule. I know that the ferry is they either need to test by the letter of the law, they need to be in a bag or muscled for the ferry. However, mm-hmm. it is treated like the ferry is pet friendly. Um, and it's widely like called pet friendly. And you will see dogs on leash if you're in the on the ferry. Like, 100%, they will not be muzzled. I've never seen a muzzled dog on the ferry. Um, okay. And, like, I, the guards, dude, like, they don't care. Um right. For the subway, I think it, I don't know if it has the same letter of the law rule or if it's, like, just in bags. Because the internet always says it's just in bags. But mm-hmm. I remember being surprised to see that, like, the muzzle rule was technically, like, on their website at the time that I looked it up, like, two years ago. Right. Um, you probably will see leash dogs on the subway. Um, they're not as common as on the ferry. Um, usually dogs are in, like, bags on the subway. Um, mm-hmm. But you will see dogs that are on leash just, like, there. It's a lot, like, scarier, honestly. So I don't like taking her on the subway. Um... Because it's, like, underground, and it's shaking, and it's loud. It's a lot for her. Right. Um, when I've taken her on the subway, it's been, like, I really can't afford a, an Uber today. Yeah. Um, I'll take you on the subway. And the way that we personally do it is, now I know she's not going to bite. Like, no matter what happens, I know she will not bite, which is why I personally mm-hmm. don't muzzle her. But I also don't even know if that's a rule. So I'm not trying to break the rule. It's just, like, that's how I personally do it. I will bring a towel and I'll put it under my legs and she has a really good place and a really good downstay. So I will let her lay on that towel or like a rolled up blanket or something under my legs. And that's how we'd personally do it. If I have to stand, I will put it in between my legs and I will like straddle over her and we'll try to be in a corner so that like I can kind of be in between her and whatever people there are. Um, She probably could handle just like being next to me in a crowd, honestly. But I don't like testing her in ways that are like I don't like testing her if she's already stressed, basically. Right. Like, yeah, if she's already that scared, makes sense. I'm not gonna test her by like making her do something more. Right. But like like yeah. you said, if you're far away and you have to get home, like you have to get her home yeah. somehow. So yeah, it's and- kind of an odd situation where even if she's had like a stress day like she has to go on the subway but you also mentioned uber so like do they let dogs in ubers there i honestly don't know how long uber pet has existed because someone told me about it like three months ago oh okay (laughs) i've never heard of that and i've always wondered if dogs can get into ubers so if i'm calling an uber there's like a button now for uber pet and it's like a couple dollars more um it's not for service dogs like service dogs can go in any uber but like, right. for just specifically pet dogs, there is, like, an Uber pet option. I think that there used to be – I don't – I think it used to kind of be a gray area where you could, like, call your driver and ask. Mm-hmm. But now, like, I will just – I'll click Uber pet, and then I usually, like, immediately send them a message that's like, hi, I'm here with my dog on this – Right. Like, if that's a problem, cancel now. Because I know that it says, like, you selected Uber pet, but I'm just really paranoid about, like – them showing up and being surprised I have like a bigger dog or like right um whatever yeah yeah no that that makes sense yeah so, and for Uber she rides at my feet she like sits kind of like on top of okay. my feet in a downstay like in that like kind of crevice yeah so you've had to do a lot of like transportation training that yeah. <laughs> I feel like a lot of other people would never even think about like 
like you know we work on downstays we work on middle heel all of that but like I never would test Layla's ability to be on like a moving thing while being in being in a downstay you know what I mean so that's like I would have never thought about that yeah and like the way that I pers like for us personally, like if she breaks the downstay, I don't care. I'm not gonna like right. tell her off. Like I'm just I'll say the command again and be like, hey, let's let's lay down because like for us personally, like Ben is much more comfortable on public transit or in a car if she's laying down. But she doesn't always understand that like, hey, it's a lot scarier when you're standing up because the world is moving. If you lay down, like you have a little bit more comfort. And like she does not always understand that. Um so, like, I'll generally, like, try to lure her back into the down, and, like, I don't care if she holds it or not, but she tends to understand once she's laying down, like, oh, this is, like, actually way better than right. standing on a moving train. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, then trying to, like, move around and yeah. catch, catch her balance. And, like, I really don't like taking the subway with her because it's kind of stressful for, for, honestly, for me, like, for her, mm-hmm. too, but for me, it, it's, like, really stressful to take the subway with her, and I don't really, like taking it as much as I like used to I used to take it like two or three times a day and now I'm just like yeah I like complain about it constantly um so I'll try to uber if I can that's like our ubering or taking my car if it's somewhere that I can park are like our first lines of defense and then I will Mm -hmm. take the subway if I have to gotcha all right so we've talked a lot about like stresses (laughs) and challenges and things that like people probably would have never thought of that you have to train for or think about with a dog in the city. But what are some of the like benefits or pros of living in the city with a dog? Especially in my neighborhood, I love the community. I love that like, uh, I don't know, like I'll be at a store, like I think recently my car wouldn't start when I was trying to go to Astoria Park and like within like two minutes I had like a family friend help me like it's it really like we do have like a really solid community like there's always someone like there whether you want them to be or not um mm-hmm. there's a lot of other dog owners and although a lot of them are like irresponsible there are still ir- there are still responsible dog owners and I've met like so many people through Instagram, but also just through having her and having her with me a lot of the time, like, it really, there's just so much that's, like, pet friendly, there's so many dog people around, there's so many rescues, there's so many, like, resources, like, I, for a long time, we were going to a vet that was half a block away, and I just, like, literally rolled out of bed and walked there, and we Mm -hmm. changed vets, but I still walked to my vet, now it's just, like, a 10-minute walk, um, So being in, like, a really walkable, like, area and having a dog and having so many resources, like, the thing that we keep coming back to is, like, when we leave the city, if we leave the city, like, we have, we have a lot of pets. Having pet sitters is really hard. Right. And we have, like, a pet sitter and a backup pet sitter. And I, one time they were both busy and I literally could not find a single pet sitter willing to, like, deal with my nonsense of all my animals mm-hmm. right because you have yeah. like a million <laughs> besides yeah. sin you have like I have rabbits and I have rabbits and geckos and frogs and geckos etc yeah. and normally how we currently are I will board sun with a trainer and I will have a separate person take care of the rest of the animals and I have mm-hmm. had times when I've had someone take care of sun 
someone take care of rabbits and like a third person take care of like the geckos and stuff because they do require very different types of care and Mm -hmm. like you're not (laughs) the only person on earth that is an expert in all of them is my pet sitter and I've come to the I've come to terms with the fact that I'm like not allowed to move or like if he moves I'm just screwed forever yeah Um, (laughs) is this the person that owns the pet store yeah it's Tom okay (laughs) I like I owe him my life um or something I don't know but yeah it's like I I remember before I found him I had a different person who was watching my animals and she worked at an exotic uh animal vet in the city and when I met her it was like a weird we like rescued a hamster in Astoria Park it was like a really weird story um where someone found a hamster like under something that had been dumped and when you post that on Facebook apparently the only people who show up are me and my former pet sitter and that's how we met. Okay. And we like, and afterward, I was like, oh, wait, you work at Avian Exotic? You're like, that that makes you qualified for to watch all my exotic animals. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's so hard to find people. And that's something about leading in the city is like, no matter how niche your interest is, no matter how unique your overlapping things are, there's someone else who's like that in New York City. <laughs> and for good and for bad, like you can find community for like a lot of different things, especially dog ownership. So like, I know that if I needed someone, like, I could probably text one of my, like, really local friends or, like, I, we kind of, like, I always joke that, like, Astoria has, like, a know-a-guy economy of, like, if you know a guy, you can get it done. Like, you can do anything mm-hmm. if you know a guy. And that's, like, just such a bonus of living in the city that, like, I just don't always find elsewhere. Like, everyone's just, like, everyone's so mean but they're also so nice like <laughs> I, don't, I can't it's so hard to explain yeah <laughs> yeah well I know that like sometimes you do go hiking with yeah. a group of dogs so how far away do you typically have to go for hikes it depends like what we're looking for if all we want is just to like bare minimum hike there's a park in the Bronx that we really like that I can get to in 20 minutes with my car if there's no traffic Um, but more likely we're driving out to either like Jersey or the Hudson Valley area or like Long Island. And that is usually like a 40 minute drive, um, to get to like around where my parents are, which is where we almost always hike just because we can like stop for lunch after, Mm -hmm. um, that is 40 minutes, no traffic. Um, but like average is like 50 minutes to an hour. Um, my like current personal best is uh three hours that's the most it's ever taken wow okay that was from Brooklyn and that was like ungodly traffic though um but like that that is like something to consider is like you always have traffic nothing is ever what like what you think it will be especially Mm -hmm. the subway like it takes at least I feel like it takes 40 minutes to get anywhere minimum um or at least that's how I like have to plan things I'm like okay well it'll take me 40 minutes to get there even though it's a court like the GPS says it's one mile away or like two miles away it doesn't matter so like we do leave the city like relatively often like on weekends we'd like to try to leave the city if we're free if we want to hike or something but you do have to like either have a car or know someone with a car or like be really familiar with like public transport um mm-hmm. I used to take Metro North a lot before I had the car because Nick's family is in Connecticut and it goes up to Connecticut 
but okay. I haven't taken it in a long time. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. But you kind of said that like, you don't really think you're going to leave the city anytime soon, at least. But like, do you feel like you would ever move within the city, like either from Queens to Brooklyn or, you know, Queens to Manhattan or anything like that? And if so, how would having sin impact your housing decisions? So as of right now, sin is definitely the least landlord annoying thing about me. Oh, <laughs> um, okay. True. <laughs> but um, sin is my ESA. So she is yeah. like the one animal that wouldn't affect that. Um, okay. However, true. like, okay, so I lived in, I lived in Brooklyn for four years, maybe four and a half um, mm-hmm. before moving to Astoria. And as of right now, I think if I'm in New York City, I'm going to be in Astoria. Um, whether or not we leave the city is such a like open-ended question that I really don't know the answer to. And we kind of, we, I changed my mind about it like literally once a day. Um, I'm not really sure, but if we were to move at this point with all of our animals, we'd have to buy a house. Like, okay. uh, Like I just cannot imagine going through like all the animals that we have with a landlord right now without just like literally hiding them all. Yeah, and that probably feels a little bit limiting. Like, it definitely you, does. Yeah, you couldn't even move somewhere. Like it'd have to be a house. Like, that's yeah, some constraints. Or if we moved within Astoria, like honestly, just imagining moving all my stuff is like stress. Is like so stressful. I'm like, I guess I could contact Tom, and he has a truck. And then I'll just owe yeah. my life to him double. But then if I move him <laughs> away, would he even, like, want to help me? Like, <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. Tom um, is Tom, Tom is needed. <laughs> yeah. Tom is like, needed. Uh, yeah. Cause, so all of my, like, reptiles are in, like, big glass um, terrariums that are all, like, 18 by 24. My yeah. chameleon is in, like, a four foot by – my house sounds like a zoo. It is a zoo. Um <laughs> They're all on, like, this big, like, metal shelving unit, which can be taken apart and moved, but it's also, like, that would just be so much. Even setting it all up was, like, a whole day of three of us resetting it up when we moved everything, like, last year or two years ago. Um, But specifically with Fen, um, finding an apartment in the city, there are dog-friendly apartments, but sometimes they're harder to find. Um, Okay. And it kind of depends neighborhood by neighborhood how pet friendly it is I guess like mm-hmm. Astoria is a lot of like a lot of the buildings are are owned by like a person rather than like a management um right. when that I was sense. in yeah when I was in Brooklyn the apartment we lived in was pet friendly I had like my rabbits and the people mm-hmm. who lived there before us had a dog um I know weight restrictions and breed restrictions can be really common um so a lot of people will, like, label their dog a lab mix or something. Right, right. Um, which is, like, do with it what you will. Um, I think that, like, breed restrictions can be kind of common, especially because, like, they tend to kind of, like, disproportionately target, like, people who adopt dogs or people with, like, lower income who don't necessarily have, like, a doodle or whatever. Right. Um, it really depends neighborhood by neighborhood, but, like, it definitely can be a struggle to find an apartment that, like, checks all your boxes because finding apartments in New York City is such a pain. Um, mm-hmm. The turnover, depending on when you're looking and how the demand is and where you're looking, it can be really fast. 
um, like the apartment that we had in Brooklyn, we looked at like two places that were like booked before we could apply. Like we wow. looked at a place yeah, just and super then like, quick. yeah, we would look at a place and then the next day we'd be like, I think we're interested. And the agent would be like, no, you, sorry, someone took it. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. And then like, finally the place that we took, um, my friends had seen it and then I was like, cool. And I went to go look. And as I was looking, I was like, I should just put the deposit down because like, it's not going to yeah. be here. It's, like, it's, it's going to be that quick. Like, I think I just put the deposit down on the spot because they were like, oh yeah, the deposit, like, I think they could refund it if we, like, put it down and then didn't apply. And I was like, whatever. <laughs> like, fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take my money. Take my money. Okay. Yeah. So that that makes total sense. And that was actually a question that whenever I, like, was asking or telling people on my story, like, I'm going to do this series, that was a question that somebody else, like, submitted. And so they were super curious about how housing works, like, yeah, I will say that, it, like, it, yeah, in my neighborhood, it tends to be more, like, dog-friendly. Um, mm-hmm. I have not looked for an apartment in years, so I can't speak necessarily towards, like, every listing. But I do know, right. like, a lot of people around me have dogs, and a lot of people around me have bigger dogs. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, like, definitely doable. Like, you can find an apartment that allows dogs. It's just not always every apartment. Also, if your landlord is, like, a guy and not a corporation – you can sometimes mm-hmm. reach out and be like, hey, this is my dog. Like, right. she's really, she's really real well trained, but she's five pounds over your limit. Like, can you make an exception? And sometimes, sometimes they will. Like, because if it's just a guy, sometimes they'll be like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, a lot I know, of people like, have ESAs and stuff. Like, right. I know, like, yeah. sometimes in the city, too, that for a dog to be accepted, they, like, have to have their CGC or they have to have, like, a certificate. To like oh, that's be able to live in some apartments. I've heard of that before. Yeah, I haven't heard specifically the CGC, but I I kind of send hers whenever I like apply. Whenever I like um ask for like an Airbnb or something, I'm always like, mm-hmm. and here's her CGC certificate because you probably don't know what this means, but like I promise, yeah, she's training. <laughs> um, I promise she's done stuff before. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I'm trying to think what else with like applying for apartments and like just staring longingly at my dog um yeah what about like um do you have stairs or elevators so in this apartment we're on the first floor um but there's stairs in the building um uh she's like perfectly comfy running up and down the stairs to the basement um Mm -hmm. the door to like our backyard is in like the basement laundry room area So we like run, she loves running up and down the stairs, go out to the backyard, and it's like one of her (laughs) favorite routines. Um, But she is actually pretty good in elevators, and we have had to teach that. Like, that's not something that came easily to her. Well, the elevator that we taught her in had an escalator nearby, and she is deathly afraid of escalators, like end of the leash, backing up, kind of afraid. So... I kind of was like, oh, well, we have to go to the place that's up there. And I know elevators aren't super safe, especially, like, for dogs, especially if, like, you're acting right, terrified. Right, because their tail can get stuck in it, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, so my options were either, like, carry her up or take the elevator. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, well, guess, guess we're taking the elevator. Um, yeah, elevator it is. So our elevator routine is, like, almost identical to our subway routine where, like, I'll bring her gotcha. to the corner and I have her in a sit-stay. Or, like, I'll ask her to sit, but if she breaks it, I don't honestly don't really care. Yeah. Um, for elevators, specifically. 
Um, and yeah, she's behind, she's generally behind me, like in the corner, just more so that like, I can see everyone who comes in and out. And like, if someone rushes in, they're not going to like try to grab her or something. Right. Right. I feel like on the subway and the elevator and like basically anything that's moving, you kind of have to be like really lenient about them kind of breaking out of the sit stay or the down stay just because like it's gonna yeah. be their natural reaction like if you go over a bump that they're gonna like be a little bit startled so the way that like because with sun she has like broken sit stays and down stays for like generally if she breaks it it's like for a fear reason and mm-hmm. it's like an emotional thing it's not like she's like oh I want to go do this thing and I don't need to be right sitting. she's like yeah no, that thing startled me and I'm sitting. So for us, like, a success is, like, if she'll sit again after, then, like, awesome. You you pushed through that scary thing and you're still here and now you're sitting again and you're right. going to get rewarded for that and that's awesome. And, like, she has grown a lot since I've had her. She used to be terrified. Um, when we brought her home, um, we didn't realize how bad her fear was, of course. Mm-hmm. And, well, I mean, yeah, and your rescue yeah. didn't really know either since they had just gone. No, her. they literally didn't tell us anything. So when we brought her home, we, like, opened the door to bring her inside, and we didn't know she was afraid of doors. And she, like, oh my gosh. backed to the end of the leash and, like, screamed. And we're like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> what? It's going on? <laughs> we're like, all right, step one of have a dog. Bring it home. Yeah. We did not succeed. Like, yeah. I just had... So for the first, like, month I had her, I carried her through every doorway and, like, in and out of the house, and now we're here. <laughs> um, but that's definitely, like, if we didn't live in the city, I feel like dealing with her fears would have been so much easier. Like, yeah. the biggest, I think the biggest complaint that I hear from, like, my friends, and, like, when I was training her, so she used to be reactive on our block. She would, like, mm-hmm. growl and bark if any if anyone was on our block, and she was also on our block. And once we were, like, off the block, she was usually fine. But on the block, she was really reactive. And it was kind of difficult because I can't really control anything on the block. Like, I can't. There's so much going on. Yeah, and, like, I know I have friends who, like, had more issues with, like, dog reactivity or motorcycles or, um, like, bikes or skateboards. And you really just, like, can't control that. Like, Mm -hmm. There are people with really loud cars that drive through my neighborhood at 2 a.m. every night. So, like, if my dog was terrified of cars, that's, like, not an option. Like, I can't, apart from putting her in my car and leaving the city or, like, really knowing my neighborhood well exactly when it's, like, downtime, I I can't really find a time where I can predictably be the only one out. Um, Right. I can get lucky, but I can't always control that. And, like, there are things you can control, and, like, you have probably more control than you think, but it's not, like, it's it's not as doable to, like, find time when no one's out or, like, find a quiet park yeah. or something. Right. Yeah, so if, like, me, I'm thinking about myself, especially during some of, like, the earlier days of Layla's uh, training – I was, like, I wanted everything to be controlled, and so, like, me in a city would probably not fly, because my anxiety would be through the roof. Yeah, or, like, I am, I've gotten to the point where I know a lot of the dogs in the neighborhood, and I'm sure, like, you have a similar experience, but, like, it's to the point where, like, I will see this one dude who I argued with, like, three years ago, start, like, way at the end of the block, and I'm, like, 
I know my guy walks his dog every day and I'm yeah. going to cross and I'm taking like the worst way to get there. And that way it's more busy. And like, I, I have a friend whose dog is like really fearful around like motorcycles and skateboards. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel so bad, but like she struggles so much with like, you just can't like, you can't find a time where you can kind of control that. Like someone might right. just speed, speed by on a motorcycle at like 9 p.m. For no reason. Yeah. And like it, it's or, just, or even like, yeah. unless you want to do it in the middle of the night, but still it's unpredictable. Yeah. And like the neighborhood that we're in, I know specifically like people go drag racing at like 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. And it's really loud. And I don't know what I would do if I was like out with her and someone's car just like made a stupid loud noise. Like, I guess I would, right. I would deal. But like, if it was me like three or four years ago, like that really stressed us out so much for like, we could not control stuff like that. Right, right, totally. Oh, okay, this has been so much <laughs> information. Um, I want to just wrap up with a rapid fire. Okay. And I know we, um, you had mentioned your uh, sin being an ESA for you, and I just want to do a whole other episode on that. And, like, yeah, okay. <laughs> all, all of that. So plan for that in the future but rapid fire so just name off first thing that comes to your head with with the the questions and Layla's gonna chime in too with her uh whining or I don't even know I don't even call that whining she's just like talking whenever she does she's just got some words yeah she's just vocal she's vocal she's typically not in here with me whenever I record podcasts (laughs) but okay so rapid fire Three must-haves as a person in the city with a dog. Not, like, a leash, though. So, like, something else. Well, not a leash, but if you're adopting a dog in the city, uh, have something escape-proof, at least until you know your dog really well. I have had some back out of collars. Um, I know so many people who have had dogs back out of harnesses. Specifically in the city, you never know what's going to happen, and you should be prepared for anything, and it's better to have that peace of mind. Um, and you said not a collar or a leash. So like, we'll move to the next one. That's like, (laughs) that will be like zero. Like you should have that. Um, I wish someone told me that. Yeah. And okay. So three things that you must have living in the city with a dog. Um, I think like, uh, kind of flexible mindset, like, and the ability to like kind of brush things off, like shit will happen and you can cry and it's fine. And then no one will see you again, and you can go do your thing somewhere else. Like, weird things will happen that you will never expect in the city, and that's okay. And then you'll go do something else. Yeah. And, like, so you kind of have to have that flexible mindset and that sense of humor to kind of, like, you can tell the story later. Like, it'll be funny later. And for now, it's, like, it's scary, and that's fine. So if you have a dog in the city, you have to be flexible. Um, What else? Uh, shh more <laughs> I was like gonna say hands-free leash and I was like oh no <laughs> okay okay we'll, we'll allow that I just didn't want to get like too basic be like a leash yeah three things you a need. collar a dog <laughs> a dog need it. <laughs> yeah um I would say like definitely something escape proof be flexible be open like it'll be weird you'll you'll be fine your dog will be fine yeah maybe like the ability to like find fun in little things and like make your own fun 
Like, yeah. there's kind of this idea that, like, if you don't have a backyard, your dog's never gonna do anything, or, like, they're not gonna have a good time, and that's, like, definitely not true. Like, you can make your own fun, on leash, off leash, whatever that looks like for you. And it's, like, my fun with Sun will often look like go walking to an empty basketball court and playing tug with her for, like, 20 minutes, or fetch, mm-hmm. and she has a great time, and, like, I'm sure she would love if we had a yard, but she'd rather play with me in that yard than just, like, right. eat grass and roll around. So, right. like, you kind of have to have that ability to just, like, maybe, like, make your own fun. It could be in your apartment. It could be in your basement. It could be in your alleyway. Or just, like, kind of be creative and, like, approach situations with, like, if your dog's having fun, that's all that matters. And, like, someone on the internet doesn't need to tell you that you need a yard because you don't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was really hoping that you would say things that were more about like your mindset instead of just like physical things. So you nailed that one on the head. I felt like that was so good. Okay. Next one, which you kind of already mentioned it, but like the best way to make the most out of a smaller space with a dog. Um, we are really bad at not buying things we don't need. So we have a lot of dog, dog stuff that I use sometimes and not always. And it's like, I think she has, like, her own closet at this point, and I don't want to talk yeah. about it. <laughs> um, but making the most of a small space, like, I guess picking things that you – I think trick training is super fun, and it takes, like, as much space as you want it to or as little space right. as you want it to. So that's, like, our personal favorite thing is, like, trick training and enrichment activities. Like, you don't need a lot of space. You just need to know, like, what makes your dog happy and what makes them light up. And for Sun, she loves learning and she loves shaping. So we do a ton of that. Like, we'll do a lot of tricks and, like, even just shaping, like, nothing. Like, we'll shape, we'll use shaping to teach her to pick up a specific toy and hold it for three Mm -hmm. seconds or something. Or, like, to put her paw on, like, a random object. And she loves that. She, like, loves feeling creative and feeling smart and feeling like she's, like, figured it out. Like, she loves that. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's that's so cute. (laughs) I love that. Whenever you like call your dog creative, I feel like that's such a unique thing to say about a dog. I really think that she's creative and that's kind of how I got around. Like I I don't really like calling it stubborn because it's not Mm -hmm. like she's defying me. It's like she just has her own idea and sometimes it's fun. Like sometimes it's funny. Like yeah I think like the amount of times like she'll offer something weird that I'll never expect like I'll have treats and I won't have given her a command or anything or a cue yet and she'll if she's guessing what I want she'll give me things I've never seen her do before and I'm like that's that's creativity like she knows what I want she knows (laughs) I want something and she'll just like guess and she's creative yeah like mother like daughter Okay, next one is fave park to take Sen. Uh, Astoria Park is the closest one. So that's where we are, like, all the time. Um, I think I would like – I like going to Central Park in the summer because a picnic is nice, but it's absolute chaos. Yeah. Um, but really, like, my favorite parks are, like, the little unnamed weird patches of grass or, like, okay. weird, like – like, I talk a lot about, like, basketball courts. I love a basketball court that's empty. I love an empty whatever. Um, yeah. If there's no one there, that's my favorite park. 
I really like going to the skate park by our house. It's like a 10 minute walk. And so, but it's like the only thing that I ever do that with that I'm just like, let's go to the skate park and do like some parkour, <laughs> like jump over this thing. <laughs> um, but you're, you're saying like your favorite places are like the grass patch in between yeah. West third and fifth yeah, Avenue. Like, there's like a, like Astoria Park. Great. It's an yeah. empty lot right by Astoria Park that, like, it looks like a parking lot, but it says no parking yeah. all over it because it's owned by the parks, and they technically okay. maintain it, but no one uses it because it's just, like, concrete. That's, right. like, that's, like, chef's kiss. I'm there all the time. <laughs> Spends on a long line, and we're playing, because it's near the road, so I want something, right. but, like, those little weird spots are so good, like. Yeah. Is that where you do, like, the handstands? Oh, I wish. I wish there was a wall there. Um, that oh, okay, would make so it, that's, like, like in your alley? Way. That's in my alleyway. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Cool. All right, so to wrap up, if you just want to quickly answer what does having a dog mom mentality mean to you while you're holding sin like a baby? Um, I think to me, like, I think the biggest change in my, I guess, like, I love, the thing that I love about, like, your podcast, but, like, not to toot your own horn, um, <laughs> your podcast, but, like, Dogstagram and, like, having that mentality in general is the, like, yeah. we're kind of all in this together. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. there's just so many, like, weird quirks with her or, like, weird things that I never expected that I've kind of had to grow through with her and like she's grown I've grown and like I can really feel it when I'm just like walking with her in the mornings and everything is quiet and she'll like look over her shoulder at me and I'm just like yeah that's my doc like she's checking yeah. in she'll recall if I call her we put all this work in but like at the end of the day like that's my dog. I love talking to other people about their dogs because, like, there's just this bond with your dog where it's, like, I know that I can have, like, the worst mental health day. Mm -hmm. And Sen will still be around the corner when I'm, like, trying to put together a depression meal because she loves cheese, whether it's in, like, a gourmet meal or if it's, like, literally eating cheese out of the fridge. Like, she doesn't yeah. care. Yeah. <laughs> Like, she doesn't care. She, she's just along for the ride, and I'm along for the ride. And I kind of just love that vibe, and I love talking to other people and hearing them have similar experiences. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I, I know the cheese life. I know, I, know the, I know the cheese life, for sure. For sure. Yeah. It's um, like, I get, I get these string cheeses for dog treats and for me. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. These meals have to be easy when we're in a depression rut. <laughs> um, well, thank you for coming on. I so appreciate this talk. And if you could just quickly tell people where to find you and where to find your business so that yeah. they can get dog collars and all the pretty things. Uh, my dog account is Village Dog Sense. Um, on there, I post about sense and mm -hmm. whatever I feel like. <laughs> And then my business account is mothfolk. There's an underscore, so it's like moth underscore folk, F-O-L-K. Um, mm -hmm. 
And on there, you'll find me making biothane stuff. I also draw and do lots of stuff with art. And I've recently been exploring in like t-shirts and tote bags and stuff. Yeah. And I love the yeah. tote bags. I'm obsessed. I think with those bags. are gonna be a really cute thing. And Nicole made my logo. She kind yeah. of like <laughs> proofed healing or growing and healing. So um yeah, she's done a lot of design work for me and I so appreciate that. So happy to have you on the podcast. Yeah. All right, Layla is like we're done here, mom. <laughs> um, but you literally created the logo for the podcast. So like, you yeah, needed that, to be on here. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. yeah, you did that. Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Dog Mom Mentality Podcast. My name is Caroline. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Dog Mom Mentality. And if you haven't already, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you are listening. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And if nothing else, I hope you get to play with your dog today.